Hey, home growers, Parker Curtis here from Homegrown Cannabis Co. Before Chronic gets into another awesome podcast, I have another free seed deal to let you guys know about over at Homegrown Cannabis Co. We're giving away four free lemon drizzle autoflower seeds with every order. The sought after indica heavy hybrid is the ultimate evening dessert, filling your mouth with sweet flavors before sending you to bed. So head over to homegrowncannabisco.com, fill your basket and use code lemons. That's L-E-M-O-N-S at checkout. I'll be back later with some more info on this delicious strain. Enjoy the show. What's up, you amazing viewers and listeners tuning in from Homegrown Cannabis Co.'s YouTube channel. I'm your host, Chronic, from the Cannabis Chronicles on Instagram and YouTube, and I'm back with an all-new episode of the Homegrown Podcast. Be sure to hit that like button, follow button, or subscribe button from wherever you're tuning in from to make sure you show Homegrown Cannabis Co. some major love for making (laughs) making sure this show is possible. Now, without further ado, we're going to be breaking into another awesome episode, so be sure to grab a big old bowl, grab your favorite edible, or grab a nice dab before we break into this episode. Now, let's begin. In today's episode, we're going to go over which LED is best for you and a general overview of what you're looking for when you're choosing your LED. Now, I've talked about LEDs before. We have many episodes on the Homegrown podcast of LED information, LED versus HPS and HPS versus CFL and all sorts of different um, light combinations or just light um, source information and how to go about picking a light for your actual setup, your space, how, how high to hang it and all that. This is just going to be a general overview. I've gotten a lot of questions recently just about which LED is best for growers. I'm going to give you guys just what you should look for in LEDs um, when it comes down to picking budget, space, brand you want to um, support, and all that comes into play. There's a lot of variables and every single person is going to have a different pick than you know the other growers out there. So without further ado, Let's break into this information. Now, which LED is for you? Well, it's definitely going to depend on your actual growth space, your needs and how much light you're trying to output as in a smaller space, you don't really need that big of an LED. I I mean, honestly, very seriously, yes, you wanna make sure you have LEDs with really good diodes that output a proper uh, amount of PAR. You know, generally you want some infrared or ultraviolet in that spectrum. And you, you know, usually your Cobb um, diodes are, are your top tier um, with Samsung following behind. Now, the thing about all of that is, is you have to take your space into consideration. If you're growing in a two by two by four or a two by four, two by four by five, or even a three by three by six, your light is going to be different than say, you know, someone who's growing in a four by eight, a five by five, a a four by 10, um, or a 10 by 10 or a whole room. You know, the, the main thing with lights is the PAR output. So the photosynthetic active radiation, um, for those novice growers out there seeking to purchase a light, your the, the entire purpose of a light is to mimic the sun. So what the sun does, I mean, the sun gives an immense, it, it's pretty much not to say impossible to mimic the sun because there are lights out there that really do output some serious numbers and they're very high end and they're quite expensive. However, for your general average indoor grower, 
we will never be able to mimic the power of the sun. The sun, sun-grown, organic sun-grown bud, especially in the, the Emerald tri Triangle um, near Mendocino County and all that, or out there, um, you know, it really is something special. There's something about the the power and potency of the photosynthetic active radiation that the sun outputs along with all the, you know, the ultraviolet, infrared, and all the other good wavelength and spectrums. You know, it's a full spectrum. Now, what does that mean, full spectrum? Because you're gonna hear that when looking for LEDs. You're gonna hear, you have your uh, blue spectrum, you have your red spectrum, your orange or yellow, and then maybe you have a full spectrum. Most growers are going after full spectrum LEDs now because unlike the old age of where you had to have um, CFL or T5 bulbs or some sort of uh, uh, bluer light for your vegging you, and then you'd have to swap over to HPS for your flowering. Instead, people just run one grow through their entire cycle with a lot of these LED boards coming out with dimmers for um, various uh, diodes on the board to allow maybe more blue hue to come through for veg stage or allow more red hue to come through um, red hue, red wavelengths and blue wavelengths and allow more red wavelengths to come through for flower. Now, <laughs> when you're looking for an LED, you're looking for a even spread of par around the 1000 to 1500 range. I say 1000 because if you're in a small tent, um, like a two by two by four or a two by four by five, um, 1200 par can be kind of excessive and a lot for certain plants because of how much light um, is being bounced around in such a small space. So be very cautious of putting a light that, you know, outputs more than 1500 par in small spaces because you have to remember, just because it's outputting more par doesn't mean it's gonna do more for your plant you actually do need to understand that past a certain port, uh, past a certain point with light intensity, the actual light can start damaging or causing a um, to causing stress on your plant um, from the actual light intensity once it surpasses a certain par amount because of the amount of photoactive photosynthetic active radiation that's going into your plant. Your plant can only use so much for photosynthesis. Um, and if you wanna increase how much it can take in, then you're gonna be getting into variables like um, increasing your environmental heat for several hours while increasing the CO2 uptake and things like that that are more dialed in environments. For you novices uh, um, and even veterans listening, if you want to learn about that, we we do have episodes on the podcast uh, where we talk about CO2, um, it, you know, a little more in-depth par, how to raise those numbers, how to, how to make best use of um, those ratios. Um, I have an upcoming podcast with Parker Curtis and I have a previous one that you guys should, should definitely check out. He's building a grow room that is actually going to be a fully sealed grow room with CO2. And, and that's important. So why am I saying all this for those looking at um, LEDs? Because novices tend to go buy the best right off the gate and spend all sorts of money and not really understand why they're spending that money. And not to say that you can get a cheap light to get to growing cannabis, but you really can. I, I mean, to be 100% quite honest and transparent, um, 
you absolutely can grow very, very top quality. Like uh, I really do mean top quality cannabis with a lot of the lower end lights that people like to bash on. You know, your your Mars Hydro, your Spider Farmer, your Viper Spectra, you know, these lower end budget lights that really, if you've been following cannabis for, you know, since the the time LEDs really became popular, Blurple lights were the go-to about 10 years ago. And since then, Blurple lights have been kind of pushed out and these new full spectrum Samsung diode boards are coming in with um, Meanwhile drivers, which are really making a difference. You know, the heat output is, is far, far less than HPS uh, or CFL or any other types of lighting. And your diode strength is actually becoming much better. You know, these budget brands, uh, you know, Mars Hydro has lights, Spider Pharma has lights, and Spider Spectra has lights for 90 to $100. And those are really great lights for your two by two by four, your two by four by five, or even a three by three by six grow. If you're not trying to, you know, commercial grow and, and breed cannabis seeds, and you really are just trying to focus on learning cannabis for a particular cheap, particularly cheaper budget to get in and learn the fundamentals, I always recommend going with lights like that. You're not going to be wasting excessive money on a light that you don't know how to use. You're going to be getting used to a very minimal light potency and you'll be able to get used to light height, timers. Um, some of these new in, um, inexpensive lights are actually coming out with dimmers so you can practice dimming your lights from the start of the grow and increasing your lights as you move towards veg and, and flower um, or late veg and flower is what I meant to say. And these lights are very helpful. In my opinion, I think every grower should start with something like a um, Mars Hydro TS1000 or TS600 or TS2000 or was it TS or T? I haven't used their lights in a minute. I think it's TS now because they changed the abbreviations, but the, the TS2000, um, their, their comparative 1000 watt LED, uh, is very nice. And even their little 90 watt LED, the, uh, the TS 600, it does great. We, uh, my fiance and I have grown in one gallon or half gallon pots, 55 to 60 day auto flowers that yielded an ounce and a half or more. So very dense, very frosty, very potent. Um, terpenes were very aromatic and flavorful. We always had clear smells and clear taste. So these lights really can do great things. Now, obviously, when you're getting into growing cannabis and you're getting into which LED is best for you, you're gonna have to take your skill set, how long you've been cultivating and what your investments actually look like. For instance, if you have some janky tent with light leaks and you have a Mars Hydro TS2000, well, me personally, I would tell you to go ahead and upgrade your tent to like an AC Infinity tent, a Spider Farmer tent, or just a, a you know one of the Gorilla Grow tents or an Agromax or something, something nice that has uh, uh, thicker uh, material. And generally, you want the zippers that are double backed or you know have the little uh, light leak over the zipper so the zipper doesn't get light leaks. But that's where I, that's where I would tell you to start and begin over purchasing some crazy light that you don't understand. Now, if you're a veteran, 
You've been growing for a year or more. You've had a few harvests under your belt. You're ready to take it up to the next level. This is where those brands like Spider Farmer, uh, well, okay, you know what? I don't even want to say that. Each one of those brands I mentioned do have absolutely high-end commercial lights or higher-end growing lights that are more expensive. They output a lot more, and um, they, you know, they have bar-style lighting. They have uh, your your Cobb-style LED, uh, the, your Cobb-style fixtures, or your just simple. Um, you know, mean well driven Samsung diodes with, uh, you know, that aren't as high end. So what you have to consider as a cultivator is what, what are you trying to do with your light? Are you trying to dial in your grow to the point of being literally perfected, having the par completely even across your grow and making sure that can, excuse me, Making sure that canopy gets an even par output across those frosty colas and tops? Or are you trying to learn how to grow cannabis? See, that's that's the that's the thing, is, is there really isn't too much in between because once you get into growing cannabis, you're only going to be investing and bettering your setup. So when it comes to lights, I always tell people. Start with the inexpensive light, use it for one to two harvest or even a full grow year, and then upgrade what you can the next time. Your light is very important, but those inexpensive lights will go a very nice length of time for your harvest and in generally for uh, most of the uh, uh, usage that you'll need as a small time cultivator. You know, especially I'm telling you, if you have one of those small tents, you really don't need much more. Now, if you're getting into bigger tents or you're getting into breeding cannabis, because that's where it becomes actually, it does really make a difference. If you're getting into being a caregiver or you're just wanting to take your grow to the next level, you've been growing for, you know, several harvests or years or, you know, lots of years and you're a veteran. This is where light choice is very, very important. Light choice is very important for uh, uh, a few reasons for this matter. Now you're talking about getting into the actual production and breakdown of your cannabinoids um, inside the plant, like the pro the productivity of your actual plant processes and creating the medicine inside the plant. That's where you're getting into with lights when you're dialing in it, which is absolutely, I mean, most growers have to work with a light for at least two to three grows on a single strain to find, I mean, dial in that perfect output for each stage of the grow and the perfect light height, because it all comes into play. There is a perfect point and a perfect par output with UV and CO2 and heat and all that stuff that your whole environment's dialed in for each individual strain. That's the crazy thing about growing cannabis is I can sit here and I can tell you all of my experiences with all of the lights that I've used. I can tell you all of my experiences with these lights and what the strains I've grown under them. However, you as a grower could go purchase one of the lights I talk about and you could be growing completely different strains than I've ever ran and they could react differently. Whether or not maybe they're a little sensitive to the diode output of let's say, I tell, you know, we talk about the higher end lights such as the 
Cobb, the 4.0 full spectrum Cobb LEDs from HTG or your kind LEDs or your um, HLGs or just anything that's your Cobb or your top tier Samsung diodes that are putting out anything from 1200 to 1800 par with implementation of UV or um, um, IR, which is infrared in ultraviolet. And generally those types of lights are gonna cover your four by four to five, four foot by four foot or five foot five, five foot, wow. Five foot by five foot um, uh, imprints, whether it's a vegging imprint for four foot or a five foot and a flower imprint for four foot or a six foot imprint for veg and a five foot imprint for flower. Those are the types of lights you're looking at. Um, specifically, some examples would be like your Spider Farmer SF7000, the SE7000s, um, your HTG 4.0 full spectrum Cobb boards. They have um, the, I believe it's the 300 watt, the 600 and the 1200 or something like that. I haven't looked at them in a while, but those ones are some seriously powerful, powerful lights. Those are um, some of the top tier um, full spectrum Cobb diodes that you can buy on the market. Um, so when you find Cobb boards, when you're talking about light penetration through your garden and, and actual power of that light, those lights actually have the power to damage your corneas and um, do serious eye damage. Um, that's how strong they are. They do mimic the sun pretty damn well. So when you're getting into LEDs like that and you're getting into your more, I mean, you're talking about to the point where you have dimmers for each spectrum, you know, your, your blue spectrum, your red spectrum, your infrared or your ultraviolet, and you can dial each of these settings in from 10% to 100%. And this is where, as a grower, you have to decide which brand you want to support. Because A, I mean, that's that's something I live by and wholeheartedly stand by. You know, I'm not somebody who only is going to support American companies just because I live in America. I support brands, I mean, just like TNB, like Spider Farmer, that support the community that are willing to give back, that make it affordable for growers to cultivate with um, good items. There's a lot of brands that get hate. Uh, for instance, Mars Hydro, Viper Spectra, Spider Farmer. Um, I think HTG gets a little hate here and there. And a couple, even HLG, I've seen some hate on HLG and I've seen some hate on Kind LED before on some forums. I, I think personally, every almost every brand of LEDs or lights are going to get hate of some sort. And I, and I treat it just like food. Everybody has taste buds that, you know, some people aren't gonna like the food that you like. And that's the same with the LEDs. There are still growers that refuse to use LED boards because they truly wholeheartedly believe. And I mean, with their test, you know, test uh, results, they have every right to, because it proves their, their theories and they're not growing subpar cannabis compared to LED growers. But there are many growers who refuse to use LED boards and stay with HPS or CFL or T5s. And that's completely up to them. Now, this is why it's like, I could talk and rant about these LEDs to all of you listeners or all you watching for hours and hours and hours. But I really do mean there's a bajillion variables from your budget, your space, who you wanna support, 
maybe there's a discount code from a YouTuber you watch that gives you a discount on some uh, uh, on a brand that you, you're searching. Maybe you are gifted a light. Maybe your local garden center has specific lights on sale and they're doing a member, a first time member sign up discount or something. You know, whatever the variables are, the main things that you need to remind yourself for a good light for growing cannabis. The vegging imprint should always be about a foot bigger than what your flower imprint needs to be. This way that your par, the spread of your par during veg is generally going to be much more even since the one foot around the edge is going to be your fall off, fall off imprint. So every light when shined down towards the edges will have par that falls off. Your best par rating is going to be in the center. And this is why reading par charts are so important. For those who have never understood what a par chart is or how to read a par chart, it's those charts on the lights where they look like a grid and there's like red in the middle and it goes to orange and it goes to yellow around the edges and there's lots of numbers and it looks like a paint by number picture or something. Well, those numbers are how much par is being output in that square meter. And they're generally in like a four by four space or a three by three space. And they'll tell you how high the light is being hung for that par reading. These par charts are what you're following for cannabis growing. For cannabis, when they're young, they don't need much par. You're talking 250 to 500 par max of blue wavelength for seedlings to early juvenile plants. And then you can get up to about 800 to 1000 by late veg. Your plants actually don't even like max par until you put them in flower. Once they're in flower, plants like up to 1800 par if given the right environmental circumstances. On average, your you novices who know nothing about CO2, heat stress, how to implement CO2 in a closed loop and how to make use of it with hot times during the day and all that, you don't need to be worrying about any light surpassing 1200 par because you're not gonna make use of that excess par because you're not gonna know how to. So instead of going and buying a very expensive light out the gate and potentially the reason i say you shouldn't do that is because you're putting hours on your light on the lifetime hours you're you're taking off and you don't understand it to the fullest and you're not going to be able to use it to the fullest so get yourself a more inexpensive light a more budget-friendly light or even hell spend uh a hundred uh you know a hundred dollars more than the budget light and get an in-between light like a 4.0 htg or three uh or, or a kind led one of the lower ends or one of the hlgs or even one of the spider farmer se like 1000 or, or or 2000 or whatever those bar lightings are those can be extremely beneficial because they're only outputting you know 800 to 1500 par around the whole thing depending on the spot you're in and the imprints are very good you want to make sure that you know if you're in a two by two by four space that you have two feet covered by two feet covered for flower uh, imprint. And that's at least 1,000 to 1,200 par. Anything less than that, you're really not gonna grow dense or resinous yields. You will get bud, you will get resin, but you're not gonna, 
to the visible eye, a lot of people might think it's frosty bud, but the thing about it is, is your light does come into play when, you know, just like your light, just like your environment, just like how much stress your plant's been under, what you've been feeding it, if it's been out of range, every single factor, including what your, the, either the damage your light has done, the stress your light has done, or aiding to your plant. You know, if, if you've got your light dialed in, how much has it aided? All of that comes into play when creating cannabinoids, terpenes, um, THCA, just all the goodness that we want in cannabis, you know, all the anti-inflammatory properties, just everything. Like it, it, the light, your light drastically, I would, I wouldn't say 50%, but I would say about 25 to 30% of growing, um, is determined by your light. And I would say 50% of the quality of your cannabis is absolutely determined by your light. Um, the reason I, I kind of say it like that is you can veg a, a plant and you can semi grow a plant under really crappy lighting, but it's really going to show a difference during that flower time, but flower stage, how drastically you can visually see what a good light and a bad light does. Uh, it just not your, your poor quality lights are going to grow your larfy, uh, very non-dense, very uh, spread out, you know, tiny little nuggets that aren't really resin cake. Your, your quality lights, those lights that are putting out infrared, your ultraviolet, your full spectrum of your, um, I think it's 250 nanometers all the way to 750 nanometers is the range you're looking for. Nanometers is the measure, is the color, it's how we measure wavelengths of light and it's what the, um, so if you're in the 750 nanometer range, you're in like the red orange, almost to infrared. Um, and if you're in like the 300 range, you're in like the blue, almost to ultraviolet, I believe is the way that works. Um, however, you know, you, you want a light that has a very nice peak of around, I think it's the 450 or 500. No, it's the 350 nanometer range, I believe is right where that blue is. You want a nice peak of that, okay? And then you want a nice peak around that seven, 650, 700 range with that orange, red, really nice warm red. Specifically, blue wavelengths are very, very vital to the vegetative stage of cannabis cultivating. So you really need to make sure you have nice blue lighting, which is why growers who use only HPS or T5s or CFLs will use your cool blue 6500k cfls i think it's i'm pretty sure it's 6500k yeah i'm pretty sure 3500k is the warm spectrum <coughs> <coughs> excuse me uh uh the the dab came back to creep um but <laughs> no i believe 6500k is the cool spectrum and there's a reason that growers use those for vegging plants and for one those bulbs are very inexpensive. Uh, they aren't as efficient as LED, but they create a blue spectrum. And that is why when you're purchasing an LED board, you generally do wanna go for a full spectrum LED that has, you know, has all the spectrums you need and potentially can be dimmed. It's gonna be very beneficial if you have a full spectrum LED to be able to be dimmed and put your light as you know 12 inches 14 inches or 18 inches away from your canopy because this will maximize your par 
as well as this will maximize the efficiency of your light. So I think that that's the last thing I'm going to blab about because it, with LEDs, I'm serious, it, it, it's so much variable based and it's all your own personal choices on if you think that that light board's worth it in your room. How do you feel when growing that cannabis under that light board? Do you feel your HPS or your older lights did better? Do you like the 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 penetration of the light in your canopy? Um, you know, is it too bright for your space? Is it too powerful for your space? Because that can be a problem. You know, you, you stick a SF7000 in a three by three by six tent and you probably will cause severe light stress or bleaching to your plants because of how much PAR is output so closely. So you do absolutely need to do research on the lights that you're going to purchase. Hey, Parker Kurt is back again to give you some more sweet details on our latest free seed deal. Like I mentioned earlier, we're giving away four free lemon drizzle autoflower seeds with every order over at homegrowncannabisco.com with code LEMONS. That's L-E-M-O-N-S. Lemon drizzle auto is an indica hybrid cross with critical auto and mazar auto, which you can expect to harvest some super citrus filled resinous buds in only 10 weeks. Best to leave lemon drizzle auto for nighttime sessions or lazy days as they glue you to the couch. You can look forward to unparalleled relaxation, euphoria and creativity after a single toke. The answer to which LED is best for you is going to be up to you. I know that's kind of a uh, cop-out answer for this episode. You're probably listening thinking, man, I was really hoping to find out. I can give you, I can give you a list of 200 types of lights, literal individual lights with brands and their pricing. I don't know your budget. I don't know what your grow room looks like, your setup looks like. I don't know what the space you need. I don't know if you have other lights surrounding. For instance, let's say you have, uh, uh, two tube lights that are uh, UVA and UVB and you have uh, two tube lights or four tube lights that are T5, 6,500K to 3,500K spectrum. And that's how you've been growing cannabis. Well, I would say get rid of the 6,500K and 3,500K bulbs. Remove those tube lighting. Determine what the flower imprint needs to be get a light based on that flower imprint and then you're going to want to hang the uva and uvb now why do i say that why would you want to keep uva and uvb well that's the thing about uh led boards is generally they don't actually have uva and uvb in them and uva and uvb depend certain specific strains of cannabis will actively increase their THCA production by up to 5% under UVA or UVB. So it's always best to implement those types of lightings with your LED boards for a more fuller spectrum um, when growing cannabis. Because like I said, it's all dependent. It, it, all these variables in what you purchase is so dependent on what you have access to, what local garden center you have in town. Like for instance, I have an HTG supply that I can go to in Denver and I can look at an array of lighting that they have. You know, they have their own lighting um, that they have hung up that they, they turn on, you can check out. And then they have almost every other top brand that you can think of from Kind to HLG. They have um, some of the uh, smaller brands. They have Viper Spectra. Um, they have some brands I've never even heard of. They have Agrimax lighting. 
they have gorilla lighting i'm pretty sure some of the tube lighting that gorilla sells are uva or uvb i can't remember but they have an array so why i say it's so you know when i can recommend a light unless you're gonna go online to the exact website or to the exact brand that i'm talking about and purchase that exact light it's in my opinion in my personal opinion it is always best to do your own research go talk to growers in your area maybe uh if you are in a in a not so legal state <laughs> uh do research online ask growers on forums uh just figure out what you think is going to work best for your space the the variables you need to determine are your budget the heat output the efficiency of the light the par output how many wavelengths or spectrums of lighting are on the light are there dimmers what kind of driver is there is it mean well is it another type of driver what type of diodes are there so whether they're Samsung top bin, um, middle bin, or bottom bin diodes, or if they're Cobb or Cree, um, you know, you, you want to make sure you know those. <laughs> and lastly, you want to make sure that the company you're supporting is a company that you're going to be happy standing behind. Um, you know, whether it's like you're... I always tell people at the end of the day, you should be happy where you spend your money, um, which is why I'm happy to support the specific companies I support. For those wondering, what do I grow with? What does Chronic grow with? Um, I actually grow with, I've grown with various lights. Uh, so I started with Mars Hydro. I ended up switching over to Spider Farmer because I found their lights a little more um, so Mars Hydro isn't necessarily poorer quality. They do have top bin diode lighting and they're very competitive with Spider Farmer nowadays. But when I was using them, they were using middle bin chips and Spider Farmer was using top bin Samsung diodes. So a little better, more even par output. Um, I also just like the housing of the Spider Farmer uh, lights better. You know, the, the way they have the drivers and the actual, just the thinness of the boards themselves were very nice. Um, Plus, the company was great to reach out to, and they help. They've they've given a bunch of lights away on my channel, a bunch of stuff away, and um, in general, helped the community quite a bit. So I'm a big fan of Spider Farmer, and I'm a big fan of Mars Hydro. I think they're cool companies. Now, are they the budget buy? Yes. Are they going to be your top tier? You can if you're going to spend the top tier money on like an SF7000 or SE7000, but for your, you know, $100, $200 lights, $300 lights, no, they're, they're your quality middle ground to top, top ground lighting that isn't going to break the bank, but can definitely grow top shelf. But now if you're looking to literally spend, you don't want to go spend any more money. You want to buy one light. You want to keep that light for X amount of years and only have to re, you know, upgrade every so once it dies, that kind of thing. I would go with the more high end light. You know, you're talking your HDG full spectrums or your kind LEDs, the higher end ones, or your HLGs. Uh, anything made with Cree, Cobb, or top bin Samsung diodes is really going to be where it's at. But the reason I'm saying those companies is because. Ooh, remember all those variables I just listed? Most of these lights from those companies have individual dimmers for not just the red wavelength or the blue wavelength, but also infrared or ultraviolet. Um, Parker has a 
Homegrown Cannabis Co. actually has a uh, review video that we did that we were trying to get backed up because YouTube's dumb. But we did a, a re review video on Kind LED and their lights are absolutely, wa having watched that video, getting to see Parker and talk with Parker on that, on the last um, interview that we had, and just uh, hearing what those lights are capable of, they are absolutely phenomenal. LED lights are coming such a ridiculous way, and they are literally starting to get close to very much mimicking the sun. However, that price point with those types of lights are absolutely attached. So do not think you are going to be saving money on high-end lights. Those lights are an investment. Um, and sometimes they can be the most costly thing of your, they can cost more than your entire grow setup. Um, you know, tents, pots, plants, everything. They can cost more than it all. So this is where I said, completely up to you as an individual grower on your budget. It's just, you need to make sure you check the boxes on, you know, you check the par charts, make sure you're covering yourself. If you're Remember, if you're a novice grower, you're looking for a full spectrum LED board that has a wavelength range of 250 to 750 nanometers with a very nice peak, <clears throat> peak, wow, the, the voice really did me good there. A very nice peak of blue and a very nice peak of red orange. And if you can find infrared and ultraviolet or one or the other on your board, that is A+. Plus. A, um, ultraviolet and infrared. Infrared specifically helps the uh, red and orange spectrums of lighting penetrate the um, through the plant leaves, like, a, like an x-ray. And the ultraviolet actually allows for the blue and purple hues of lighting and wavelengths to reach through as well. So just helps the light penetration. Um, remember, you want a board with at least 1100 par across your canopy for your flower spread, okay? So that means if it says it's a three by three flower imprint, you really don't wanna put that light above anything flower, flowering over a three, by, three foot by three foot space. Because the plants on the four foot space are gonna grow uh, are gonna flower with less quality of bud because they're gonna get less par. And that drop-off range can be quite drastic for specific boards of LED lighting. And honestly, a lot of other, uh, like even HPS tube lighting, <coughs> because of the way the light is and the way those shields reflect light, there's heavy, heavy fall-offs on the front and back and on the far sides. And that's something you have to consider with LED boards is the fall off around the edge. But you wanna make sure you have 1100 par at minimum. 1500 par is ideal across the spread for your imprint. Anything more as a novice, and I think you're wasting your money if you do not understand the fundamentals of dialing in an environment and utilizing CO2 with heat stress times. If you don't know anything about that, you don't have a closed loop system, you're not running CO2, I do not suggest getting a light exceeding 1500 par. You're going to bleach or damage your plants and you're going to have a very rough time with growing. And you're going to be buying a light that is way more powerful than what you need for learning. That's another thing. I always tell people to buy a light that might be 10 to 50% more power. That's a pretty drastic range, but I say 10% to 50% for a good reason. If you're a novice and you're in a two by two by three, get a light that's like 10 to 20% more powerful than what you need that has a dimmer. This way you can run your light 
at a at full power for your space but not at the full power of the light keeping the light efficiency way more um long uh for the longevity of its time and not taking off as many not not putting your light under so much uh working energy all the time and you're not pulling as much wattage from the wall see now that's the last thing to consider which i didn't even bring up until now and we're gonna finalize this podcast with this last tidbit wattage so i went over pretty much everything from your par your own picking you know you can go to your local garden centers asking growers seeing what you prefer doing research on companies whether you're going to go budget or high end maybe you just want to support a specific company maybe you want to support a specific company because you live in america or you live in canada or you live in spain or or you know new zealand or wherever you live um all those variables i talked about all come into play but i think the most important one the one that really really hits growers right in the fields when they get those monthly bills and they got to check that electric bill is the wattage pool of lights that's one that you have to very much consider if your room can't even handle the wattage pool of a specific light you definitely need to know what you can and can't handle um, you don't need to start any fires you don't need to get the eyes of uh you know unwanted uh, lookers from the electric company looking at you for pulling insane amounts of electricity. Um, heat is a big one. This is why LED boards are very much becoming popular because the heat output is very minimal. So you, you as the grower have the option of looking at boards that have removable drivers that you can mount outside your tent to keep the heat outside so the heat sink stays outside your tent. Um, you know, all sorts of options, but the one option I think every every single grower, no matter what space you have, wattage is always a very, it's very even for most growers. Um, anything over that 600 watt pool, you are adding some serious change to your electric bill monthly, especially if you're growing autoflowers under 20 or 24 hours of life. You definitely need to consider how much wattage you're going to pull on a month to month basis if you can't afford high electricity bills. If that's the case, then I recommend highly sticking to light boards, such as your ones from Spider Farmer, Mars Hydro, uh, Viper Spectra, HLG, or the lower end HTG stuff. When you're getting into your true full spectrum Cobb, Cree, or Topton Samsung diode, they're pulling generally 400 watts from the wall or more, and that is going to add some serious money to your electric bill. Anything roughly under 400 watts isn't going to make much of a difference. Obviously, every single person in America is going to have a different electric bill because the cost of electricity is different per city. You know, your kilowatt per hour time or whatever. Um, but that those, I would say, in my mind, this is about everything that I could tell a grower because I, I don't like, well, not that I don't like, every time I try to tell you guys um, what I grow with or recommend things, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of people who get very upset in the comments saying that I'm sponsoring or this is a straight sponsor video. And it's not. 
all these companies I recommended, um, these are all companies that growers over the time that I have cultivated and educated and been able to help and just over the last 10 years of my life, just talking with growers. These are all lights that every one of these growers have used. I personally have used everything from literal 100 watt CFL bulbs screwed into like little makeshift things to T5 uh, tubes to full LED spectrum boards. And I've even used HPS back years ago. So um, I've used everything. Efficiency with LED boards is, is very, very key. And just going, making sure that those parameters I talked about, as long as you go over and you check your list and you make sure that that light checks off for your space, don't, disregard what every other grower out there is telling you how you can have a better light, a better setup, this light's better, this one, blah, 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 blah. It's all personal preference. Unless there's scientific proof where your results of your cannabis are showing an increased amount of cannabinoids, terpenes, or uh, THCA content, it's all just personal preference, just like every other aspect of growing. And that's why there's so many people online yelling one thing at another, uh, you know, this, my light's better, this light's better, no, this light's better. Th th Just follow the fundamentals. Make sure you have par covered properly. Make sure you have your wavelengths covered properly. Make sure you can, if you can get additional wavelengths like IR, UV, absolutely go for it. They add to it and just make sure that the fundamentals, meaning your veg imprint, your flower imprint, your heat output, and your wattage pull are all within the ranges that are appropriate, proper, and that meet your needs. I, that is all I have to say about LEDs. I think it is 197,000% personal preference because even though LED boards are about 500,000% more efficient. I'm sure that's not the real number. They're probably like a thousand times more efficient. If you did like the math, I don't know how that works. But even though LEDs last for like 50,000 to 100,000 hours, or even sometimes 200,000 hours, compared to HPS lasting like, I think it's like a thousand hours per bulb or something, or 10,000 hours, it's a very short time. Even though LEDs are way more cost effective, cost efficient, and run cooler, there's still many growers who refuse to swap over from HPS because they prefer to grow with that spectrum of lighting and they get their results that they seek. So if you're willing to spend money monthly on a wattage pool and all that, you as the grower need to just individually decide which light you want in your garden and don't let other people sway your opinions when it comes to their own personal bias if they're giving you knowledge on oh this light's actually better because this this and this and they're telling you the specifications and breaking it down for you yes listen take their advice especially if they're a, a dedicated grower or there's someone trying to help you out um but there's a lot of people who just want to yell to the top of their lungs that the way they grow is the best way. I can tell you from using literal 90 watt cheapo blurple lights and growing six foot insane plants that you can grow a plant damn near under any light as long as the light provides the right spectrum of wavelengths and the proper PAR output. The rest of growing really is up to the grower to make happen. And um, as, as important 
to the grow the light is, it's also important that the grower handles their proper training techniques and environmental conditions and all that. So when it comes to which LED is best for you, I don't know. You're going to have to make that a uh, general decision for yourself. The LED that's best for me, I like my Spider Farmer SF4000s. I like my uh, HTG Full Spectrum 4.0, the little three, I think it's the one, either the 125 watt board or the 300 watt board. I think it's the 300. I haven't, per I, it's been two years since I purchased that light, but I like those lights a lot. Uh, for my number one light I've used like ever, as far as like, holy crap, it was, it's very, very strong in the eyes. You have to wear LED glasses, you can damage your eyes my plants were literally praying the most i've ever seen and producing some of the frostiest bud for me jacking up my grow was htg full spectrum the 4.0 and 3.0 full spectrum lights from htg they're actual true cob diodes top top end you're paying the price of the light is pretty much for the diodes and the removable diodes to be easily replaced which is nice but those ones those lights I had to raise my light six times in the grow and it was like 30 inches and my lights were, I mean, my plants were still, help, you know, praying upwards, almost tacoing. So those lights are definitely something to be reckoned with. Um, now all the other brands I mentioned, I think they all are even. I don't think there's one brand better than the next. I think they all have something particular to offer the grow community because you could be like, kind LED is better than Spider Farmer across the board. And then you go look at the price tags for kind LED's lights compared to Spider Farmer. And one could make an argument that Spider Farmer is actually better because their price point meets the budget of a lot more growers across the board. Same thing with Mars. So that's it's all variable dependent and your own personal preferences what you have access to in your area because i purchased htg lights when i first started because i have an htg here i got a 30 percent discount for signing up they gave me a 20 percent um discount because i went during like an event and then it was like a five or ten dollars off because of that brand of light or they, they were like doing a sale on that light or like a, a thing on the light i got like off of 300 i think i got 180 dollars off my light so the light was cut in half so that's why i purchased that light and so that's the type of deals you need to look for in your local areas maybe you have a friend that's not growing anymore they purchased a light they only used a couple times i'm like hey man would you like to start growing i have a light that's extra free lights can get you growing and save you money now don't get me wrong free is not always good if if the light's been used for freaking five years 24 hours a, a, a day a non-stop on chances are that light potency has degraded immensely but but if you're on a budget and you need gear it's something so that's where i'm at you can grow crappy weed with crappy lights um, and you can grow good weed with subpar lighting and you can grow great weed with great lights. So it's all up to you guys. Uh, go listen to all of the episodes we have on HPS, LED, CFL and all the various lights. 
you know, LED versus HPS and all those episodes. And I'm even going to have a gentleman on who still grows with HPS and I believe T5 lighting for commercially. So we're going to talk to him and we're, I'm going to spiel my spiel about LED and we're going to see what he thinks about HPS and why growers should grow his way or my way or what growers should do. Personally, I don't grow HPS because it, that shit gets insanely hot. If you've never grown HPS, the, the fixtures themselves can get upwards of a thousand degrees. So generally I'm not, I, I'm not comfortable with that in my house. Um, I've bumped my neck on an HPS fixture before and I burned the living crap out of it when I was uh, younger. Like not my, like shoulder neck area. Kyle Cushman actually talked about um, back in the day how that was a very, very normal thing for a lot of growers to do. Um, they're very hot and they aren't as efficient and I personally don't have the space for that amount of heat. So that is why I grow LED boards personally is because I'm an indoor grower. I'm a small time grower. They're efficient for me and they are budget friendly options. So I hope that spiel, this 40 minute, 50 minute episode that you guys got today was a good spiel for you guys. It was a good episode on which LEDs I would choose because I don't want to make the decision for you. I can recommend brands all day. You just go, go do your own research. I think Kind LED might be, it's either Kind or HLG in my opinion. It's the number one recommended brand for growers on forums nowadays with Spider Farmer probably being the most purchased novice grow brand. Like most, I see a lot of people buying SF1000s or FS2000s or the 4000s. So those are, if you're asking me what I'm seeing, that's what I'm seeing. These aren't, these aren't, it's not a sponsor video. I'm not making money from any of this. These are just brands that I've used or other people have used and I'm offering my knowledge to you guys. I'm offering my recommendations. And please, if you are a LED expert, you build lights, you an electrician, you, you down in them boards, you know what I'm saying? Doing all that soldering. Please go down in the comments, drop some serious knowledge. I am no electrician expert. I do as much research as I can on LED boards to try to convey on how to pick them for growers, how to understand them for novices. But when it comes to building an LED board, no. I don't know the single first thing about building an LED board. Um, I know how diodes, I, I know that diodes do wavelengths and light. You know what I'm saying? Like a, I can flip on a light board, all right? That, I can turn an on off button on and off and I can dim it, but I can't build it. Uh, so, Drop your comments down below. Help the growers out if they have questions. If you do have questions, please drop them. If you wanna know more about any of the brands, any of the things I mentioned, if you weren't sure, if you're a novice listening, I said a word you weren't familiar with um, and I didn't explain it, please ask your question down below. We will happily answer them. Um, but yeah, guys, that's it. Please hit that subscribe button and like this video and comment because it does help us. Right now, we Facebook or YouTube is doing an insane censorship, striking a lot of accounts, um, hitting a lot of various uh, cannabis channels actually currently right now. And uh, we have to be really particular about what we're, we're saying in our videos and um, what we're putting online because, you know, cannabis is getting censored left, left and right. So really would make a difference for us if you did subscribe hit that like button it helps push our videos through that algorithm helps get us noticed even when they don't want us to be noticed so yes without further ado 
I am your host, Chronic, from the Cannabis Chronicles on Instagram and YouTube, and I will be back every single Wednesday to blab to you guys and rant and give you guys some cannabis education and my thoughts on various uh, topics in cannabis and to help you guys get growing. Remember, this show is sponsored by Homegrown Cannabis Co., and they're doing a major job uh, helping this community not be censored. So I am the Cannabis Chronicles on I am the Cannabis Chronicles on Instagram and YouTube, but because of censorship, I can I literally have had three Instagrams taken down and I can't respond or message anyone for another 12 days as this video goes out. So I'm on homegrowncannabiscode.community hanging out on the forum, answering questions for you guys in the space that Homegrown Cannabis Co. has made for us to be censor-free, um, to where we can chat about cannabis and share our grows and all that fun stuff. So go sign up to that forum today. If you have any questions, you can DM me there at chronic, K-R-O-N-I-C. And you can ask me questions, you can private message me, or you can just chat. I try to check it uh, quite often. There's like 5,000 cultivators just all day, every day chatting. So there's a lot of people, but I do go through the messages and I try to answer as many as I can. So without further ado, guys and gals, thank you so much for listening and tuning in to this week's podcast. Um, yeah, be sure to comment down below if you want to, if you have any subjects you would like us to teach you about on this show because we we always like trying to aim these episodes at you guys down there so we always like getting you involved definitely definitely stay tuned because we're, we have some pretty cool interview episodes coming up and i'm going to be doing another update episode with parker curtis here soon on the indoor grow garden for homegrown cannabis go all right gang much love happy growing and peace Thanks, Chronic, for another amazing podcast, and thank you, home growers, for listening. Remember to like, follow, and give the podcast a five-star rating. Remember to use code LEMONS, that's L-E-M-O-N-S, over at homegrowncannabisco.com to pick up your free lemon drizzle auto seeds with anything you buy. Happy growing, and see you in the garden.